to the Feed You podcast, giving you the real scoop on raising your business to new heights. Expert education, inspiration, and motivation to fuel your purpose, your passion, and your profits. Here's your host, Elisa Connor. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Feed You Podcast. It's so great to have you here. Thanks for tuning in. I know you have options for your weekly learning and your business um, education, so I appreciate you being here and tuning in every week. If this is your first time here, thank you for joining us, and I would love for you to uh, like or subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend if you love it. This week, so we're uh, going to take a step in a little bit of a different direction. The last few weeks we've been talking about sales funnels, and this week I really wanted to talk about something that seems to come up quite often um, with business owners, and that is this mindset that we have to have everything figured out, and that um, we have to have it perfect right now, and we can't put it out into the world until it's perfect, and I am totally raising my hand because I am definitely one of those people. Um, but experience has taught me working with some of the air quote, and I'm using air quote masters that, uh, ultimately nobody has it all figured out. And the difference between those that succeed and those that are struggling a little bit is often the lack of action, the lack of the, um, I'm just going to jump off the cliff, the cliff and hope there's a parachute that opens up when I pull this cord, this rip cord. Um, and I've worked with some amazing, amazing entrepreneurs, especially in the last, um, quarter. And I will tell you what, behind the scenes, um, their house is a hot mess. Like, <laughs> but the difference is, is they don't care. They're jumping in, they're making it happen. They're getting in front of the people they need to get in front of, and they are launching and they are putting their information out there and they're putting their course out there and they're putting their product and service out there and people are buying it. So, um, if you don't ever put it out there, no one can ever benefit from it. And I've been struggling with, um, this quite for quite a long time, I've had a couple of courses that I put together and haven't launched out there. And it's because I have perfectionitis and I am doing my best to, um, resolve that. And so, um, I just wanted to give you some of the inside scoop and I, I don't want to use the company's names that I've worked with because it's probably not a nice thing. Um, I want them to invite me back, but let's just say I've worked with some of the bigger um, companies in the industry and there was a particular event that I've done now since September and um, this company specifically puts, um, they take their clients and they teach them how to get on stages across the world. And um, it's a great company, the the uh, CEO or the yeah, the CEO and the founder of that company is just a phenomenal human being, very big hearted, um, love him to death, just really um, grounded, really has a heart of gold and um, really feel blessed that I get to work with that organization on a regular basis. But what I found and the most frustrating part of this as a contractor for them is that their behind the scenes processes are a hot mess. And so um, I always take that as a sign of like, what direction should I be moving in? And I know that documenting processes is one of the things that um, has been on my to-do list and maybe it's on your to-do list too. 
um, for moving forward. But I will tell you now that if you can come up with a way to document your processes, and I'm working on that for my own business, and have them ready and have them available that when you start to bring on your team members, it is going to be so much easier for them to jump in, get in the game and be able to um, get going on the tasks that you specifically need them to because there is nothing worse than jumping into like say a product launch or a live event or something like that and having people try to get up to speed at the same time as doing the event and um, a lot of times when we are newer entrepreneurs or we don't have you know a newer small business or even a, a small business years down the road we don't have a big team and we're kind of afraid to bring in people well um one of the things that i've learned is that the sooner you can bring them in even if it's just you know earlier in the game before you decide to have that live event or that webinar or whatever that might be um, so you can get them on board with your company culture and how your company runs and the things that you um, have as your values the better because you're going to know a couple of things number one you're going to know right away whether or not they're going to be a fit for your team and your culture and number two you're going to know how they react to um, things being thrown at them that were unexpected and the worst time to have that happen is when you have a room full of people or a webinar full of people and you've got issues with your with your team behind the scenes and so um <clears throat> not only getting those processes down so you can kind of get them onboarded but uh, an onboarding process is really really important regardless of your if you're doing like just client onboarding or you're doing employee onboarding or contractor onboarding um, having a really clear process for that is going to be really helpful but also um, onboarding into what their duties are what you want them to take care of and so um, some of that is just going to take some brainstorming and a lot of times i just find myself sitting down and journaling about Okay, what are the things I do all the time that I really don't want to be doing and that I need to give to someone else? And those are the processes that I'm starting to create. And I'm doing that really easily um, by either doing a video screen capture using a tool called Loom, just like a weaving loom, Loom, L-O-O-M. Um, and then I use another uh, company to transcribe those. And of course, you have to go in and clean it up, but it's... Um, it's called Temi, and I'm gonna, I will put it in the show notes because these are both kind of weird spellings, but Temi is T E M I, and they will do a quick transcription. It's super cheap, but that's a great way for you to get that set up. And then I recommend setting that up in Dropbox. So if you're not familiar with Dropbox, it's a great option to um, include. You could also do it in um, Google Drive, but one of those two, Google Drive or Dropbox are the two I'd use. Google Drive might be a little bit easier to share with people if you're having them do um, continue, like they need to create continual documents and things like that. Um, but eventually you will have to pay in order to do that. I would, I would say choose one way or the other. Um, so either Dropbox or Google Drive. Um, and I've had both experiences with both um, depending on the organization but that would be the first call but then when you start to create, create those processes you can um, put them into one of those two areas and then give your contractor access or cut off access really quickly now my mentor does it a different way he actually creates um, mini courses as training modules for his staff and his team members and he does that through kajabi and i will also link to kajabi in the show notes i love kajabi i'm moving my course over there and i will probably eventually move my website over there um, if you don't know about kajabi it's an all-in-one solution 
and um, you can create products, you can have courses, you can have um, membership, you, it does your email, it has all your opt-in forms, um, but lots of different options over there. But it is a more financial, it's a, it's a bigger investment for Kajabi. And um, so I like to give people uh, a, an option to use something a little bit less expensive, depending on where they're at in their business. So those three tools, Kajabi, Temi, and Loom, I will put in the show notes. Um, and then if you aren't familiar with um, Google Docs, that is through Google, I can stick that in there. If you have a, um, oh, I'm trying to think of what they call it now. It's like a business version of Google. Um, and it's totally escaping my brain right now because they changed the name of it a little while ago. But um, if you have an email through, oh, it's G Suite, it's called G Suite. So if you have an email that is, you know, your name at your domain name, so, um, you know, Shelly at uh, smithsadventures.com or something like that, then um, you, you will likely be using G Suite unless you're using the email service provider through your internet hosting, which I don't recommend. It's kind of a hot mess to get into, but G Suite's a great alternative. So I'll link to that too. But with G Suite, you also get an upgraded version of um, Google Docs, which is super nice because you can create templates and all kinds of stuff in there. And it's actually super reasonable. I think it's, oh, I don't want to quote the pricing because I know they just changed it, but it's something like $6 a month for your email and access to G Suite. So super reasonable, highly recommend it. Um, I use Dropbox for some other different, I actually use both. I'm not a good um, taker of my own medicine, but I have purpose for both um, because of different files that I need to have in there. So um, you may need to use both, but when it comes to your teamwork, I would say pick one or the other, you know, pick one direction and go that way. Um, and that's one of the things that I have found with my second example who, um, is a very, very big name in the space. Um, he works with coaches. He specifically um, create, teaches people to create masterminds. And if you've been anywhere on Facebook recently, you probably know who this person is, but I got the opportunity to work with him and his team in February. Um, I did not get to meet him. Uh, really enjoyed his online course. He did. A, they did a really great job with that for the good for the majority of it. Um, some really big names that he's connected to. Um, but I found like one of the things that happened is when we went to work their live event is that um, they had not ironed out their process for their team in which arena they wanted them to be processing documents. And um, specifically we were doing copywriting and to work with the attendees, they had set them all up in Google Drive and then they had set us up in Dropbox. And so there was no way to share notes. And so um, it just takes a little bit of forethought to kind of plan out like, what does that look like? And what does your business model look like? And what would you have those employees doing behind the scenes? So like with copywriting, they probably didn't know because they'd never had copywriters that, you know, we have to go back and forth with the attendees about their coffee copy quite often. And to, you know, go back and forth with Dropbox, you have to go into Dropbox, open it up, put it in a Word document, put it in a Google Drive, and then you're not sharing any of that information. You have to keep sending it back and forth. And we all know what happens when we send it back and forth in email. Um, it's a hot mess. 
So that is one of the reasons that if you can keep that streamlined in one of those places, it's gonna make it much easier for you, for the people that you're serving and for your team that you bring on. So um, those are some examples of people that, you know, these are big names, like they are million, multi-million dollar companies. And so one of the reasons I wanted to use them as examples is that I was going through this and I have found this, these aren't the only two. Like I've had some other companies that um, that I've worked with with bigger names and I just had this expectation that, oh, they totally, you know, they're making millions of dollars. They have to have all this ironed out. They're, you know, they are the powers that be. Well, I'm here to tell you from the backside, they don't. So if that gives you any hope or any solace um, in, in the fact that you, you know, you don't get everything done in your business, um, I just glanced over at my monitor and I have a, um, a quote over there that's so perfect for this episode and I have it there on, pur- on purpose because it's a good reminder for me. Um, the quote is, done is better than perfect. And that's so true is that, you know, sometimes you have to leap in and just try something out like what happened with these two different events. They just keep trying things out. But if you can have kind of an overview foundation for your process, like what you want it to look like, um, you're going to be, it's going to go much smoother. And so I wanted to give you some tips on how to do that, because I I like you to have things that you can walk away with. So number one, pick your platform of how you're going to um, onboard people. Is that going to be through Google Docs? Is it going to be, you know, a combination? Are you going to create a a course in something like Kajabi that they go through? Do you have a team member that manages that? Do you have more than one team member? What are all the different components? Like, because there's things you don't even think about, like how are they gonna get paid and what's the best way to pay them and how do you collect that information and how do you keep it secure? And like all of these different things as you bring people on, especially if they're regular contractors. And then, you know, you've gotta do the tax paperwork. So then do you have to bring the accountant in and and how do you bring them into the system? So a great way to figure out while you're because you're still working on your business i get it i'm in the same boat so um a great way to figure that out and kind of start that process is like as you're going through something use a tool like loom and just document what you're doing so for example i've talked about this before as i put this podcast out what i've started to do is every time i do a podcast i just pull up loom i do a quick quick video and i'm like okay i do this i do this i do this i do this And then I send that little tidbit over to Temi, I have him transcribe it, and then I am pulling that down as a Word document, and I can create that process document in um, G Suite, which is what I use. And so now I've kind of started to set that up, and as I bring somebody on as a, you know, community manager or a virtual assistant or whatever that role looks like, as I start to formulate that, I have those documents already created. And so, you if you don't have a team already that you can get feedback from a great place to do this is to just brainstorm with some friends or with some business associates and say hey what do you think about this um does this make sense like document the process have them take a few minutes to read through it and then buy them a glass of wine or something um but you know once you start to get that get that feedback from you know people you could even go back to previous customers and say hey what was smooth and what was kind of a nightmare and and they will tell you (laughs) 
um, if, if they've had a good relationship, like, you know, the follow-up was terrible or the payment thing was a nightmare or I never got your emails or whatever it is. And so just start writing those things down and also write down the things that went well, because those are things that you can replicate. And then, like I said, you need to document, record and review those processes so that you at least have something down. And if it's not perfect, who cares? You can go back and do it later, but at least you have a starting place. And then um, the the um, once you have that documented, then you can start to make um, decisions around you know who you want on your team, how what the process is going to look like, and you can just start kind of start building it like almost like a foundation of a building. Like you know you have to start somewhere, you have to create the foundation of the building, and then you got to put the two by fours up to start build the walls, and then you've got you know all the different components that you have in there. And then you you know then you put the um, outside surface piece of it, and then you you know you build all the outside, and then you've got to do the inside. So your business is the same way. Like if you're building that from the inside out or the outside in, um, you've got to think about like, what are all the things you have going on now? What are the things that get dropped and why? And those would probably be the first places to start documenting processes and then bring somebody in to help with those pieces. Um, And then, as I mentioned, a great great place to get um, feedback is from the people that have worked with you. So if you have an event, you've had attendees that come, make sure you have like an exit survey and you even an exit survey for um, clients when they, when they finish up working with you and you know, what, what would have been better? What went great? What are you, what really worked for you? What didn't work for you? What were your expectations and were they met? And you know, all those different things. Um, I just noticed that my son's school this week emailed an exit survey for their high school. And I thought that was really a great um, idea for them to take feedback from the seniors because they will, you know, kids can be pretty honest about what what they liked, what they didn't like, all those kinds of things. So um, if you don't have an exit survey created for your business, I highly recommend doing that. And um, the other great thing about an exit survey is it's a great place to capture testimonials. So even if it's short, you can use a tool like SurveyMonkey, which is totally free. Um, it may not match everything else in your brand, but you know until you're ready to pay for it, SurveyMonkey, or you could even create a survey um, on your website if you have the ability to do that. And just a quick survey, let them fill out you know maybe three or four questions, let them write as much as they want. Um, but then have some really specific questions that you want to ask about testimonials and, you know, can you use a testimonial, give them the opportunity to upload a photo or a video if they want to, um, video testimonials are gold if you can get them. So, uh, anyway, if, if it's possible, you know, gather those testimonials, do an exit survey, and then, um, celebrate any kind of results that your your clients have had because that's really important. I think a lot of people get through, you know, all the things and then they think, oh, I have this happen quite often with people that will hire me to launch their online courses. And we get to a point um, where they're like, oh, I've only had a hundred people opt in. I'm like, are you crazy? A hundred people, that's awesome. Like we think we need to be at these levels of, we need to be making a thousand dollars, right? You know not a thousand dollars, but you know, $10,000 right out the chute. Well, we've never done this before. That's like saying, I'm going to be an Olympic gold skater. The first time I get on the ice, it doesn't happen. Just like with anything else you have to have, um, try and 
you know, see what went right, see what went went wrong, fix what went wrong, do it again. Um, you know, all the different things that you would you would have from any other experience in your life, and it's just not going to be like you're not going to jump in a in a car and then be a speed racer. You've got to have all the steps along the way to learn how to be um, at the. I think it's the Daytona 500 or I don't know. I'm not really, that was not a good example for me to use, (laughs) obviously. Um, Anyway, so, and then, you know, what can you, um, when you're having, say, an event, what's the next call to action for those people? So I find this quite often that people will do business um, with somebody and then there's no follow-up component. And so um, if you have like, say, a photography business, and you go and shoot photos for somebody, well, then what's the next step so that you can stay in front of them? Because eventually they're going to need photos again. So maybe it's like if you're a business photographer, for example, and you're doing business like headshots for their team, you know, what's your follow up process till they hire you again in six months or nine months or a year? Because a lot of times people will drop the ball and there's no way to continue that working relationship. And maybe you offer them a package of like, hey, you know, things shift, teams move, employees leave, I have this package where I'll come in every 90 days and do new photos for, um, you know, new, t- new t- team members, or, um, you know, changeover of people, or, you know, you just want to get you want to refresh or whatever. So you need to brainstorm about what that looks like for your business. But um, think about a way to keep them moving forward and to stay top of mind with them. Um, and then last but not least is like whenever you're collecting that kind of feedback from your uh, uh, from your client experiences or if you hold events or whatever that might be is like what are the maybe two or three things that you can improve on from this time for the next time and this goes this is the same um scenario for just one-on-one clients or group coaching or even a webinar is like okay like i was alluding to earlier you're not going to get it perfect right out of the shoot you have to practice and so if you can just take away like oh i you know next time i would make sure that um we had these emails set up and so that they were they had a little bit more nurturing on the front end or maybe next time we would do the, the exit survey right away and you know just Choosing two or three things so you don't become overwhelmed um, will help you really uh, tighten up that process, which then you can go in and modify because you've already set it up. And so it's much easier to go in and modify a process than to start from the beginning every time. And so those are the things that I would recommend for you. And um, if nothing else in this time of, you know, uh, running your business and kind of re restarting as things are opening up is just to kind of keep in mind, you know, everybody's in the same boat. Nobody has this all figured out because if they did, then they wouldn't need to work anymore because they would be gajillionaires. Um, so even the, the people that are making millions and millions of dollars don't have it figured out. So that's what I've got for you this week. And I apologize for the background noise. I've got lots of people home still. So, um, that's what I have for you this week. I look forward to talking to you next week and we are going to talk all about offers. So if you are struggling with putting an offer together for your business or your offers just aren't um, hitting with, with your target audience, or you, you just can't figure out how to sell next week will be a great week for you to tune into and get some, uh, know-how, some tips and tools and and tricks. So until then, be well, stay healthy, and I'll talk with you soon. Take care. 
If you're struggling with what to say, who to say it to, and where to say it, you may need my new Ideal Client Worksheet. If you know your audience, you know where they hang out, and you know what they're interested in, it makes every piece of your marketing easier to put together. The Ideal Client Worksheet helps you discover the important questions that you need to ask when it comes to finding your clients. It will help you understand them, understand their problems, so that you connect with them, attract them, turn them into leads, and convert them into customers. So go grab your copy today at alisaconnor.com forward slash ideal client. See you next week.